All right, it is time to finish The Thief of Always. Today I'm going to read chapter 26, and it's called Living Proof. The wall of mist still hovered at the edge of Hood's domain, and it was there that the survivors gathered to say their farewells. None quite knew what adventures lay on the other side of the mist, of course. Each of the children had come into the house from a different year. Would they all find that age? give or take a month or two, awaiting them on the other side? Even if we don't get the stolen years back, Lulu said as they prepared to step into the mist, we're free because of you, Harvey. There were murmurs of thanks from the little crowd and a few grateful tears. Say something, Wendell hissed to Harvey. Why? Because you're a hero. I don't feel like one. So tell them that. Harvey raised his hands to hush the murmurs. I just want to say we'll probably all forget about being here in a little while. A few of the children said, no, we won't, or we'll always remember you. But Harvey insisted, we will, he said. We'll grow up and we'll forget. Unless, unless what? Asked Lulu. Unless we remind ourselves every morning or make a story of it and tell everyone we meet. They won't believe us, said one of the children. That doesn't matter, said Harvey. We'll know it's true and that's what counts. This met with approval from all sides. Now let's go home, said Harvey. We've wasted too much time already. Wendell nudged him in the ribs as the group dispersed. What about telling them you're not a hero, he said. Oh, yeah, said Harvey with a mischievous smile. Um, I forgot about that. The first of the children were already braving the wall of mist, eager to put the horrors of Hood's prison behind them as soon as possible. Harvey watched them fading with every step they took and wished he'd had a moment to talk to them, to find out who they were and why they'd wandered into Hood's grip. Had they been orphans? with no other place to call home or runaways like Wendell and Lulu or simply bored with their lives the way he'd been bored and seduced by illusions, he would never know. They were disappearing one by one until there was only Lulu, Wendell and himself left on the inside of the wall. Well, Wendell said to Harvey, if time really is set to ride out there, then I'm going back a few more years than you. That's true. If we met, if we meet again, I'm going to be a lot older. You may not even know me. I'll know you, Harvey said. Promise, said Wendell. I promise. With that, they shook hands, and Wendell made his departure into the mist. He was gone on three strides. Lulu sighed heavily. Have you ever wanted two things at the same time? she asked Harvey, but you knew you could ha- couldn't have both of them? Once or twice, said Harvey. Why? Because I'd like to grow up with you and be your friend, she replied, but I also want to go home, and I think in the year that's waiting for me on the other side of that wall, you haven't even been born, Harvey nodded sadly, glancing back toward the ruins. I guess we do have one thing to thank Hood for, What's that? We were children together, he said, taking 
hold of her hand, at least for a little while. Lulu tried to smile, but her eyes were full of tears. Let's go together as far as we can, Harvey said. Yes, I'd like that, Lulu replied, and hand in hand they walked toward the wall. At the last moment before the mist eclipsed them, they looked around at each other, and Harvey said, Home, and then they stepped into the wall. For the first stride, he felt Lulu's hand in his, but by the second stride, it had grown fainter, and by the third, when he stepped out onto the street, it and she had gone completely, delivered back into the time from which she'd stepped all those seasons ago. Harvey looked up at the sky. The sun had set at its pinkish light, still found the ribs of clouds laid high above him. The wind was gusty and chilled, the sweat of fear fear and exertion on his face and spine, teeth chattering. He started home through the darkening streets, uncertain what awaited him. It was strange that after so many victories, the simple business of walking home should defeat him, but defeat him it did. After an hour of wandering, his wits and strength, which had preserved him from every terror Hood had conjured, failed him. His head began to spin, his legs buckled beneath him, and he fell down on the sidewalk, exhausted. Luckily, two passers-by took pity on him and gently asked him where he lived. It was dangerous, he vaguely recalled, to trust his life to total strangers, but he had no choice. All he could do was give himself over to their care and hope that the world he'd returned to still had a little kindness in it. He woke in darkness, and for one heart-stopping moment, he thought the black lake had claimed him after all, and he was down in its depths a prisoner. Crying out in terror, he sat up, and to his infinite relief saw the window at the bottom of his bed. The curtain slightly parted, and heard the light patter of rain upon the sill. He was home. He swung his legs out of bed and stood up. His whole body ached as though he'd gone ten rounds with a heavyweight boxer, but he was strong enough to hobble to the door and open it. The sound of two familiar voices drifted up from the bottom of the stairs. I'm just happy he's home, he heard his mom say. So am I, said his dad, but we need some explanations. We'll get them, his mom went on, but we shouldn't push him too hard. Clinging to the banister as he went, Harvey started down the stairs while his mom and dad continued to talk. We need to find out the truth quickly, his father said. I mean, suppose he was involved with something criminal. Not Harvey. Yes, Harvey, you saw the state of him. Blood and dirt all over him. He's not being he's not being out picking roses, that's for sure. At the bottom of the stairs, Harvey halted, a little afraid to face the truth. Had anything changed, or were the two people just out of sight, still old and frail? He went to the door and pushed it open. His mom and dad were standing with their backs to him at the window, staring out at the rain. Hello, he said. They both turned at the same moment, and Harvey let out a whoop of joy to see that all the griefs and horrors of the house had been endured in vain had not been endured in vain. 
Here was his prize staring down at him, his mother and father looking just the way they had before Rictus had come for him. The stolen years were back where they belonged, in his possession. I'm a good thief, he said half to himself. Oh, my darling, said his mom, coming to him with open arms. He hugged her first, then his dad. What have you been up to, son? His dad wanted to know. Harvard remembered how difficult it had been to explain everything last time, so instead of even trying, he said, I was just wandering around and I got lost. I didn't mean to get you upset. You said something about a thief. Did, did I? You know you did, his dad said sternly. Well, are you a thief if you're taking something that belongs to you in the first place? Harvey asked him. His dad and mom exchanged puzzled looks. No, honey, his mom said, of course not. Then I'm not a thief, Harvey said. I think you owe both of us the truth, Harvey, his mother said. We want to know everything. Everything? Everything, said his dad. So he told them the whole tale, just as they'd asked right from the beginning. And if they if their expressions had been doubtful the last time, he'd related his adventures. They were incredulous now. Do you really expect us to believe all of this? His father broke in while Harvey was talking about meeting Hood in the attic. I can take you to the house, Harvey said, or what's left of it. I couldn't find it last time because it hid itself from grown-ups, but Hood's gone, so there's no magic left to hide it with. Once again, his mom and dad exchanged baffled looks. If you can find this house, his father said, we'd both like to see it. They set out early the following day, and this time, just as Harvey had expected, the way back to the house was not concealed by magic. He found the streets that Rictus had first led him along easily enough, and very soon the gentle slope on which the house had once stood came into view. That's it, he said to his mom and dad. The house stood. The house stood there. It's just a hill, Harvey, his dad said, a hill covered in grass. It was indeed a surprise to see that the ground on which so many terrible deeds had been done had greened so quickly. It all looks rather pretty, his mom said as they came to the place where the mist wall had stood. The ruins are under there, I swear, Harvey said, venturing onto the slope. I'll show you. Come on. They weren't the only visitors here today. There were several kite flyers plying the wind at the top of the ridge, a dozen or more dogs rumping around, children laughing as they rolled down the slope, even a pair of lovers whispering in each other's ears. Harvey resented the presence of all those people. How dare they romp and laugh and fly their kites here, he thought as though it were just another hill. He wanted to tell them all that they were cavorting on the ruins of Vampire's house and see how quickly that wiped the smiles off their faces. But then he thought perhaps it was better this way, better that the house not be haunted by rumors and stories. This, the name of Hood would probably never cross the lips of those lovers and kite flyers, and why should it? His evil had no place in, 
happy hearts. Well, said Harvey's dad, as the three of them climbed the slope, this house of yours is well buried. Harvey went down on his haunches and dug at the dirt with his bare hands. The ground was soft and gave off the sweet smell of fertility. Strange, isn't it? said a voice. He looked up from his labors, both his fists full of dirt. A man, a little older than his father, was standing a few yards from him, smiling. What are you talking about? Harvey asked. The flowers, the ground, he said. Maybe the earth has its own magic, good magic, I mean, and it's buried good's memory forever. You know about Hood? Harvey said. The man nodded. Oh, yes. What exactly do you know? Harvey's mom asked. Our son here's been telling us such strange stories. They're all true, the man said. You haven't even heard them, Harvey's dad replied. You should trust your boy, the man said. I have it on the best authority that he's a hero. Harvey's dad stared at his son with a twitch of a smile on his face. Really? he said. Were you one of Hood's prisoners? Not me, the man said. Then how do you know? The man glanced over his shoulder, and there, at the bottom of the slope, stood a woman in a white dress. Harvey studied the stranger, trying to make out her face, but her white-brimmed hat kept her features in shadow. He started to get to his feet, intending to take a closer look, but the man said, Don't, please. She sent me in her place just to say hello. She remembers you the way you are, young, that is, and she's like you, she'd like you to remember her the same way. Lulu, Harvey murmured. The man neither confirmed nor denied this. He simply said to Harvey, I am much oblige, obliged to you, young man. I hope to be as fine a husband to her as you were a friend. Husband? Harvey mouthed. How time flies, the man said, consulting his watch. We're late for lunch. May I shake your hand, young sir? It's dirty, Harvey warned, letting the earth run between his fingers to the right hand. What could be better between us, the man replied with a smile, than this healing earth? He took Harvey's hand, shook it, and with a nod to Harvey's mom and dad, hurried back down the slope. Harvey watched as he spoke to the woman on the white in the white dress, dress, saw her nod, saw her smile in his direction, and then they were both gone out into the street and away. Well, said Harvey's dad, it seems your Mr. Hood existed after all. So you believe me? Harvey said. Something happened here, came the reply, and you were a hero. I believe that. Then that's enough, said Harvey's mom. You don't have to keep digging, sweetie. Whatever's under there should stay buried. Harvey was about to empty his hand, left hand of dirt when his dad said, Let me have that. He opened his hand. Really? said Harvey. I've heard a little good magic's always useful, came his father's reply. Isn't that right? Harvey smiled and poured a fistful of earth into his father's palm. Always, he said. The days that followed were unlike any Harvey's ever known, though there was no more talk of Hood or of the house or of the green hill upon which it had stood. The subject 
was a part of every look and laugh that passed between him and his parents. He knew they had only the vaguest sense of what had happened to them. But they were all three agreed on one thing, that it was fine to be together again. Time would be precious from now on. It would tick by, of course, as it always had, but Harvey was determined he wouldn't waste it with sighs and complaints. He'd fill every moment with the seasons he'd found in his heart, hopes like birds on a spring branch, happiness like a warm summer sun, magic like the rising mists of autumn, and best of all, love, love enough for a thousand Christmases. The end. What did you guys think? Good ending? I am so happy to finish this book, and I thought the ending was really good. Awesome. I miss you guys. Bye.